What is up, everyone? It's March 15th. This is the Infinite Mind Podcast. This is podcast number five. I apologize. I've been gone for a bit. I want to say three or four months now at this point in time, but it's all been for things that, you know, I believe you would rather me, you know, be doing things like the Newborn of Osiris record, my new solo album, um, been performing shows, things like that I will get into. But yes, welcome to the podcast. If you haven't been here before, this is kind of my way to chat with you guys. I uh, get pretty uh, interactive with it. If you Instagram me questions, Twitter, uh, put them in you know YouTube comments. Usually I'll get to them. I do a Q&A in each one of these. Um, yeah, so I'm, it's just a good way for us to kind of recap what's going on. I know I'm not Mr. Social Media that's like all over the place with my business and news. And so this is a good way to to keep up with uh what's with what's going on and and all the things and all the music that I do. Um so you know we're going to talk about what I've been doing. We're going to talk about Newborn of Osiris. Uh we're going to talk about my new solo album. Um I'm do a Q&A. I'm going to tell you an album I'm listening to that I think you should all be listening to. As a matter of fact, it was my album of 2019. <clears throat> and I think you guys are going to love it if you don't already know what it is. So yeah, we're going to have a good time. Um, thanks for, you know, the wait, you know, it's been a bit since the last one and some people have asked me if I was going to continue to do it. Um, I'm definitely going to continue to do this. I just don't know how often I think that, um, it's a fun thing to do, but I, you know, I have to keep priorities on writing music and I have a busy schedule with all that, but I'm sure, you know, the current state of our world right now, I don't think I'll be doing much touring soon. I don't think anybody will. So maybe I'll be doing a bit more of these. And, uh, so if you like it, you should be hearing more of me from uh, on this podcast. Cool. What I've been up to. So, all right. Last podcast was November. Um, in December, we were touring Born of Osiris. We had a tour. It was uh, us. It was uh, Oceano Direct Support and Carbomb. All extremely talented guys. Extremely talented bands. Um, known Oceano since we were in high school. Carbomb is a new band that I've been enjoying lately. Their new record's insane. I think on one of the previous podcasts, I might have done a review on it. I think I did that. Uh, but yeah, that was our final simulation tour for the Born of Osiris album cycle. So that record came out last year, I believe, January, I think, February or March, one of the two, three. Um, but yeah, so we, we toured the world. We did Australia. We did South Korea. We did uh, just everywhere, really. And um, that was the final run. So we did US and Canada on that wasn't too long of a tour. It was cold as hell. Two weeks, U.S., Canada. Um, we were just, you know, freezing our bones off, drinking whiskey, playing metal. And it was a good time. Short-lived, though. So that was December. I think that was, I want to say two weeks, but, I, you know, it might have been like 12 shows. It might have been a couple of days off. So shorter than we would have liked it. But, um, you know, we had already toured the States twice on what we call an A market, which is your downtown uh, you know, Dallas and then your B market, which would be just outside of Dallas, um, for example, basically suburbs. So when we run through the U S a third time, there's only so much you can do contractually. We're not able to play the same city over and over and over because the people in town that are paying us our guarantee, you know, if we come so quickly and keep coming back, keep coming back, it lowers the value of the band. For example, if your favorite band was coming once a month, you know, the select month that you're a little bit busy, you might miss them that month because you know they'll be back next month. So these contracts are in play to basically ensure that when we do come to town, it's an event that you know you can't miss if you want to see the tour. So that one was a short one. We did all we could. Got some places in Canada that we hadn't been able to go for a while, and we had a good time with that. Um, yeah, New Year's was uh, was a fun one. My wife, Joe, and I, we went downtown um, to Dallas with our girlfriend, Brittany. Uh, we went to a spot called The Whip. Got a drink on with some friends. Uh, we stayed at Brittany's house. Super hungover the next day, as you know we do, on, uh, as most of us will be on January 1st. It's a funny concept to me because we all want to, you know, start the new year right. And we want to start it on a, you know, on a positive note. But each year, it seems that the most of us started hungover. So, I always found that interesting. So I think what we should do is drink. We're going to do it. If you don't drink, good. But if you're going to do it and you're going to party, I'm thinking you drink the night before New Year's. That way, New Year's, you go to bed at midnight after the clock strikes. You wake up on January 1st and you're feeling good. 
Sounds like a good move to me. Sounds like you're going to start your year off on the right foot. Uh, it's just my idea. Maybe we'll imp- implement it, but most likely not. But I always think about that. Don't always want to wake up January 1st feeling like hell. But it is what it is. Um, January itself was a a really good month, though. It was a really hectic start to the year, but it was super productive. We were in L.A., um, born of Osiris, that is, um, doing vocals uh, for, the, for the new born of Osiris record. So that was the first half of the month, finishing those vocals. Um, we did that in L.A., with our buddy KJ producing the vocals. I think it was the first time in a long time we've all been there for the process, which I think is important. You know, there's the aspect of, you know, when we get in all in the same room together, we're having a good time. You know, maybe we're making jokes, partying, doing what we're going to do. Excuse me. So it's not always like in the past, we've, we've kind of tried to just give them their space. And when I say them, I mean, Joe and Ronnie to just kind of go there and do their, you know, their vocals. And, um, Stay out of their hair. Sometimes we'll go the last like couple days and, and just kind of see, hey, try this, try that. What do you think of this? Uh, you know, X, Y, Z ideas. Um, this time we were there for a good chunk of it. I want to say five days. They were there for two weeks. The rest of us, there were five days. It was good. We were a part of it. We tried to kind of stay out of their hair a little bit. So maybe if, you know, if, if you're in the same building, maybe not have the whole studio room crammed full of people. I think that helped. Obviously, we don't... Uh, we're a little more focused than our older years now, our late 20s and early 30s, than we used to be. So it isn't, you know, as much of a party as it used to be when we all got together. So it was more focused. And I mean, let's be honest, for advertisement's sake, I'm supposed to say it's the best vocals we've ever had. This is the fucking album. I know that's how it goes, you know, promoting a product, but it just is the case. Um, the, uh, they're without a doubt the best. I believe the lyrical content is the most relatable it's ever been. They're really just doubling down and, and talking about things that all of us feel. You know, we've had some really out, uh, cool topics in the past that, that just like really more deep. And uh, not that the lyrics aren't deep on this one, but these are just more day to day things that you might feel every day, whether it's, you know, troubles with families, illness, relationships, like just real day to day shit. And I just think it made for a really relatable um, set of lyrics. I love them. Uh, I think the patterns fit with what each song calls for perfectly. And that could be, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have like techier songs. And so you want those really techie kind of patterns where he, sometimes if it's like a blast beat, you want those low and high layers that just sound evil. So we have those. And then sometimes we have just a part that needs to be driving and you just want the vocal to be, Kind of just like fucking nothing too crazy, just like somewhat more of a simple pattern. We have those. And so instead of saying that it all went in one direction, I think the best part is that it went in the right direction that it needed to go f- for the part. Lyrically, patterns. Um, and then as far as their vocals in general with Ronnie and Joe, like they're both two very different vocalists. Um, but they both have very, they have huge range, each one of them. And sometimes they use it more than others. Not even saying that sometimes they don't use them. I guess I would more say that they're just growing uh, as vocalists with each album. And I think on this one that they really use their vocals to, you know, their advantage, just their range, um, more than they ever had before. And then even when it comes to melodies, I'm not saying there's a ton of singing, but there's like, you know, pitch screaming, however you want to, you know, call that term. Um, When they did that, they did it beautifully. When there is a little bit of singing, it's, it's not like, you know, cheesy, lame pop singing because, you know, that's not what we are. They did everything right. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm really proud of Joe and Ron. Um, I couldn't be more happy with the job they did. And I just think that everyone will see soon that um, I think everyone will agree with what I'm saying. It's not just me trying to sell the record. It's not even on sale right now. It just is what it is. And I truly believe this is the one. Um, so it's beautiful and I can't wait for you all to hear it. Um, and then towards the end of the trip in LA, I had to do some other things. So they were about finished with vocals. So I had my first full band solo concert um, in the US. So it was me, Night Versus, and The Faceless headlining. Such a cool first show to play uh, as a solo artist. 
Um, there were some great supporting bands. Uh, you might know I did do the a solo tour last year, but that was in Europe. So that was with me, Animals as Leaders, and Carbomb. Dream come true first tour, but that was this was my first time playing in the U.S. So in California, that means the label's going to be there. You're going to have tons of friends there. I mean, I was really nervous, to be honest with you. You want to make people like the label and your friends, and my wife was there. You want to make everybody proud and see, like, this is what I've been putting all this time into, and you want it to go over really well. So there's a lot of pressure on my shoulders. I don't know if it was there any more than just me doing it to myself, but it, I think, you know, that's kind of what nerves can be sometimes. Um, but overall, like... It, I went on stage and my ears sounded crazy. I had like saxophone, bass guitar. And so, you know, I didn't like love every second of it at first. They started to get better, you know, by the end of the show. And so it, I was nervous when I got off too. But instantly my label came up to me and we're just saying, this is incredible. We have to do this more. Um, you know, my Born of Osiris was there because of the studio time, um, just so so supportive which is a beautiful thing i mean you might imagine that when you start doing something as a solo artist that some people will be weird about it some people could be nervous about it some people can act many different ways about that whole process but born osiris has been nothing but um supportive and so for them to be at that first show meant so much to me and um you know i saw live videos i was talking to them i talked to some fans after the show and they all and it seemed like it actually went really well. Uh, any video I saw, everything was great. So whatever I had in my ears was obviously never what you have in the crowd. But what the crowd had was much better than what I had. And it made me feel better. Um, it was also my first time performing with Adrian. So Adrian Terraza Gonzalez is the saxophone player on my record. He's a total legend. He played in the Mars Volta. He plays in Tram with Tosin. And so I've just been a fan of his playing forever. I was honored to have him on the album. Um, and due to like expenses and things like that, he wasn't able to come to Europe with me. Um, you got to imagine the first tour you do, you know, you're buying things like a laptop for stage, you're buying road cases, you're, you're doing it in Europe. I mean, I did in Europe, so I had to buy plane tickets and I'm getting shit money because it's my first tour ever. So, you know, 10, 10 grand later, that's just to maybe get me there. And so I wasn't able to, you know, do as full of a band as I'm going to be doing in the future. But anyways, that was my first show in U in the U.S. with Adrian um, playing live sax and Iwi. Um, and it was just incredible. And it, that week was my first time. Actually, you know, we did the record together, not in person. So he was at a studio in Mexico and I was uh, in my studio in Osiris Studios and this was our first time meeting each other like that week practicing and playing that show. So it's funny. We had this, you know, this musical relationship, but in a way didn't know each other. And, and so it's an interesting dynamic, but it went really well. I spent the whole week with him actually. Uh, we went to Nam and stuff together and just turned out to be amazing. And, and it just strengthened our relationship to where now, you know, with this second record, you know, he's definitely on it as well. And I'll get, you know, into the, new solo record very soon but yeah it just strengthened the bond and it went really well so on that note I have, i've made myself a note here i just posted a video of him on this youtube channel that this video will go up on this podcast so i think it's the last video i posted um you'll see it's the only one with a saxophone player bright as day um and yeah it's just him jamming and it's a part that's not even on the record and i just he sent it to me and i'm like can i please post this um, you'll see he's just unbelievable and I'm so blessed you know as as well as the rest of my live solo band I'm just so blessed to have people like this to you know make my vision of, of the music and that record Infinite Mind come to reality so very blessed uh, so right after that so that was like a Thursday that show and then I, that was actually like the day one of Nam. so this wasn't a Nam performance but this was you know it was California LA so what an hour two hours away from Nam. So basically, after that show's off the hook, um, it was about time to get our NAM on. So Adrian came. Um, my wife, it was her first NAM. Funny story. I was getting my badge, and for some reason, we couldn't get one of our badges. And uh, so there's an option. We go up to the screen. They're like, oh, type your name in. I'm like, cool. And uh, I give him, I, I type my name in, and I give him an ID. 
because it get my pass pops out by saying Lee McKinney. Pass pops out. I'm like, here's my ID. They didn't even look at the ID. So we're thinking next time, you know, the inside joke is my wife's going to meet John Mayer. So next time we're going to go, she's just going to say John Mayer. We're going to get his pass and then we're going to tweet him like, you want your pass? Come get it. That's a terrible joke, but you know, it's all good fun. Uh, but it was her first time, you know, I remember when she was packing, we're like, she's going to put some, you know, some heels and some sexy shoes in a bag. And I was like, you know, be careful because this is a lot of walking. It's a ton of walking. And to be honest, it's it's too much for me. So I give credit to people that go, you know, three to four or, or yeah, four days uh, if you want to go the whole time because it's so much walking, so much, so uh, tons of socializing. It could be draining. It sounds like Guitar Center times a fucking million. Um, you get a, a headache real fast. And uh, so, and maybe it's just because I've been there for many years now each year and maybe I'm starting to be it's losing its luster. But I don't want, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying at this point in time, like we just dropped in for a day, had a good time. I thought uh, best in show I thought was Kiesel Guitars, Call Me Biased. But I think one of the years they even won best in show. Each year they're going above and beyond. Each year, I swear to God, they're, their fucking booth gets taller and taller. Uh, they're just going bigger and better every year. And as they tend to do with anything, with their guitars, with their with their business, with their sales, um, with everything. As a matter of fact, they just capped their sales. Last year, they decided they're not going to make more than a certain amount of guitars. So when I first joined the company, I'm not going to say because of me, but that was around the time they switched names and Jeff took over. And I was the first Kiesel artist. And that month on... It was the biggest month in their history of Carvin or Kiesel every month. And so last year, it actually got to the point where he's like, okay, I'm capping it off here at this amount of guitars. I'm not making more guitars than this. I need to do quality control. And the best way that I can do this is to make sure that I'm not making too many. So that's just an example of how they're getting bigger and better. But, uh, you know, they're definitely ahead of the curve. And you can see other companies kind of trying to copy what they're doing. I'm not going to name, you know, name drop anyone because there's no point to that. But, um, I, I do I do believe it is, you know, somewhat humorous to see some models coming out from some companies and you're like, really? That's I can tell you exactly where you got those ideas, but whatever. As long as everyone's happy and doing their thing. Um, so as far as NAM goes, I performed Saturday. That one was fucking stressful. Uh I basically the session that I used the previous Thursday to do my first solo show, which was all solo music, I basically dropped Born of Osiris stems into that same session and was just gonna roll over. And play a few born songs, a few of my solo songs, call it a day. Anyways, something with the file rate uh, type, whatever it was, because I don't experience this often. I'm in the studio all the fucking time. Um, getting files of all different kinds and rates and from different programs. So I don't really know what happened, to be honest with you. But I dropped the born tracks in and they were like a little faster than the album. And I'm like, it's fuck, it's weird, but if anything, I'm going to play these songs a little bit faster. There's no vocals. So, you know, the crowd might get a kick out of it. I'm not talking a million miles an hour faster, but just a little bit noticeably faster to the point where I thought it could be fun. So, cool. I'm setting this up without a guitar in hand. So, anyways, I get to Nam Saturday. I play it. It's faster. But what I noticed is when it was sped up, the pitch changed with the speed a tiny bit. Again, something you wouldn't notice until you're playing guitar along with it. So... I play like a little sound check, open arms to damnation, I believe. And I'm, my guitar is perfectly tuned. My guitar tech standing right next to me is helping me out with all this. And I, I'm like, what is going on here? I'm, and I realized that these tracks have been sped up not only in speed, but like in pitch somehow. So I had to bail on all the Born of Osiris tracks right then and there in front of a crowd. Um, and only play solo songs, which was fine. However, trying to do all this stuff like took all my warm up time away. And so I just walked into the whole thing, you know, this, this kind of show is like these kids are four feet away from you with their cell phone on like an inch away from your hand. So it's a stressful situation. I didn't get to warm up. I didn't get to do anything. I like every second felt like 20 minutes and it was just so, so stressful. Um, on the bright side, Adrian, who I'm talking about, my sax player came with me. He played the song. So I did have live sax next to me as me and him next to each other. Um, honestly, I think that gave it kind of a unique touch. There's nothing really wrong with the solo songs, except for the fact that I didn't feel totally warmed up. It's not like I botched them or anything, but just, I didn't feel in my A game. Um, 
But once again, got done, talked to people in the crowd and fans, and they said that uh, they didn't seem to notice anything. So again, you know, it's one of those things sometimes where you're kind of in your head more than, you know, than people are noticing it. Um, you know, I definitely used to struggle with anxiety a lot more than I do now. And so sometimes I notice that things can be just hell in my head when in reality they're fine. And, uh, and we're always, at least me, I'm always my own, own worst critic. And so what that will do is make you, you know, sometimes practice, you know, a ton because you, you don't want to let yourself down. So there's positives to it. You don't always need to look at this as a negative, but the negative is that sometimes I'm going to do that to myself and kind of trick myself out in my own head. However, everyone said it was good. And, uh, walking around the rest of the day was fun. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it. It's always a good time seeing friends at NAMM. So, February. Very productive month. That was basically mix and master month for my solo album and Born of Osiris. Kind of doing them simultaneously because... Simultaneously because... I knew that once I got into the mixing and mastering stage of Born of Osiris that I wasn't going to have time to do more solo stuff, you know and give it my full attention. Cause when I'm doing something, it's getting my full attention, but born has to have it when we're in the mix and master process. But I did know that I wanted the solo album to come out pretty quickly after born. I like to, I want to follow it up. I think it's nice when, you know, the band is kind of fresh or, you know, in the spotlight, somewhat new music, new videos. You don't want to crowd a born of Osiris release, but I want to, I want to put new music out when we're kind of still up and at them. So I knew that I wanted, I needed to finish them and kind of mix and master them around the same time. So that's why that was all happening at once. Um, I am mixing and mastering my solo album, and that's really exciting for me. I, I spent a lot of time in February A being um, the mix in, in different places uh, with some of my favorite albums that I you know look up to as far as a mix goes. I'm proud of how it sounds, and it'll be my debut as a full engineer mix and master on a like a real you know larger scale album, I guess you could say. I mean, I do studio work here all the time, but you know, I would say this is the biggest thing I've done is my solo thing to completion mix and master. Um, so I, I have engineered things on Born of Osiris records dating all the way back to Discovery when I, that was the first time I started editing guitars and tracking guitars on my own. And we'd come in on Thursdays and I would edit this. So this, that was like the beginning of me getting in the, my foot in the door in the studio work. Obviously I'd done the studio work forever, but that was like the first, now I'm working on something bigger. Um, always done that kind of stuff. Uh, I've tracked boot. It got to the point on simulation where I tracked the album, ex- uh, you know, minus vocals. And so for that, you know, I feel like my duties were getting stepped up over the years and I think it needs, I need, I think it needed to go in that kind of slower progression to be done right because it's tempting. You know, I think anyone might know that if they mix and master their own stuff, like sometimes when you level up just a little bit, you're like, I'm ready to be in the big leagues now. I'm ready. I'm ready. And you almost like have like selective hearing in the fact where you're like, okay, th- you, you'll AB it with something. You're like, I'm there. I'm there. And then six months later, you're like, fuck, thank God I didn't like try to, you know, do too much and bite off more than I can chew. So it's been a slow process. But at this point in time, you know, I think maybe for the last year or so, I've been ready to do it. I'm glad even after that, it took another year for me to actually do it. Um, so I'm really proud of how that sounds. Um, engineering, tracking, mixing, and mastering, which is also another tall task that you have to put a lot of time in. It's not simple. It's actually overlooked how how hard mastering is, but I'm proud of it. And uh, I I hope you guys enjoy it. You'll be hearing that this year for sure. Um, Let's see here. Uh, So as far as the Born of Osiris record... Jeff Dunn is mixing and mastering. Um, he absolutely killed it. He was recommended to us by our buddy KJ, who was uh, producing the vocals. And um, he killed it in the best way. Uh, we didn't want to overproduce Cam's drums. Sometimes if you make them sound too fake, people don't think they're real. Um, and sometimes if you make them too real sounding, then they're like, they, they can lose power. They can almost sound weak. We've, we've done both for sure. I think the key is a happy medium, especially when you have a drummer like Cameron, who is so incredibly talented. Um, so this one, it's 
we he, uh, Jeff did a perfect job here. So you can hear every move Cam made in the most beautiful way. It sounds massive, but you, it's so real at the same time. And it's really raw, too. When he hits that China, sometimes you're like, I'm fucking right next to that China. It sounds so right here. It's so, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, it's actually also my favorite guitar tone on the Newborn of Osiris record. So in the past, and I'm not calling anybody out that's mixed or mastered a Born record because we've got some great ones mixed and mastered. We have some shitty ones too, in my opinion. But what I've always found is that people would be like, I'm, can I, I'm like, can I get the guitar tone bigger? I want it to sound fucking huge. And they're like, okay, well, you have six members in your band. There's keyboards. You guys have a choir, an orchestra, a symphony, all this shit going on. Like, you can't just have God's guitar tone big as hell. And I kind of always just took that as, uh, okay, sure, sure, sure. What I didn't realize is that in a way, and not everyone said this to me, but in a way it was kind of an excuse on some people's end. Um, so this time we really focused on guitar tone. We reamped through a ton of different amps and cabinets. This is all real. There's air coming out of speakers into a microphone on this one. Uh, and again, the, I'm not saying anything wrong about uh, Axe Effects or anything because I did my solo album and that's Axe Effects and um, some of the Fortin, Nameless, you know, some of the, all the cool like neural DSP shit that's all on there too. So anyways, it's not a right and wrong, but this one we just t- had a fun time with real amps and cabs. Um, it's the biggest tone to date by far and uh, I'm just really stoked on it and we didn't really have to sacrifice anything from anywhere else where we've been told we had to in the past by wanting a huge guitar tone. We didn't have to bury any other aspect of the mix. So Jeff, as far as I'm concerned, masterminded this thing. And I'm really excited about this new Boo. Um, I'll give you a little more information on it as much as I can give. I, you know, I can't, I can't have this little podcast I do be like the end all be all for news on it. But I can give you a little info. Um, as of now, it's 14 songs. And when I say as of now, that's it. There's not going to be any more than that. Um, in some cases, uh, the label can come up and be like, hey, let's do 12. And then if you go and release it through FYE, the store, we'll give them this song. So if you buy it there, that's the only place you're going to get this track. Or we're going to do a deluxe edition in seven to eight months with added tracks. So the point is this. There's 14 tracks. But how, uh, you know, it's up to the label. That's, you know, they do things right. And there's always a plan and a reason. I don't know how it'll be delivered to you at front at the front, but you'll get 14 songs in the end. Um, it's just under an hour in length. I believe it's coming in around 55 minutes right now. I was in the gym. I think I did like an hour on the treadmill and I had like five minutes left when the whole thing was done. So it's lengthy. Is that might be our longest. I don't know how long Discovery was, but it's there in length and it's uh i also believe it's like the perfect culmination of all of our albums coming together i know some people look at our later albums as more simplified and digestible you know for better or worse and then you have those discovery diehards who want just a long lengthy adventurous album and you know nothing wrong with that but i feel like this album is adventurous and lengthy like the discovery but it's also more focused like some of the later Boo songs structurally. Um, so somewhere in the middle, 100% our most mature, but focused, adventurous, heavy as hell at the same time. Um, I think there's more guitar solos than the Discovery on this record. Pretty positive. I haven't counted. I don't care enough, to be honest. But I just know that that's something that people talk to me about all the time and i think it might be even a reason that people some people are so diehard about the discovery is because the guitar player was joint with us at that time and i had a conversation we're like let's just do a bunch and i had come from a band that only did guitar solos like my local band in high school we wrote guitar solos and then we we're like fuck we need songs for these things so i was like used to that and so when that guitar player decided to discovery let's do a bunch of them because it was his only time in a band was you know a year that he, we did that record and I'm like, let's do it. So we had fun. But this one, I think there's more. Um, And I like them better. So Nick Rossi uh, has been playing bass with us on stage. He's a guitar player and songwriter in this band as well now since the the simulation. So this is our, this new one is the second album. The first being the simulation where it was an honest like three piece of us writing the core of the music with uh, 
you know, with me and Cam, which is nice. You know, talking about the discovery, um, we did have that guitar player, but he only added on to like songs that Cam and I already had, with the exception of one track that closes the record that we, uh, it was one track, we cut it in two. So technically it's two tracks. Um, and then he did follow signs. We did 50 50. It was a demo I had and a demo he had, and we just smashed them together. So, I mean, overall, like that album still would have sounded, you know, pretty close to the same as it's always been Cam and me writing the core of the instrumentals. So for the new stuff with Nick, he started writing with us on the simulation as an equal third songwriter. And when I say this, that doesn't mean that Joe's not adding keys and, and Dave back in the day wasn't adding bass. And I'm not taking any away from any members. What I'm saying is the core, int- like the intro of a song, the, like the beginning ideas of the song have always been, you know, Cameron and myself. Um, so, you know, Nick's style is awesome, especially with us. You know, he, he likes driving. It's almost like Lamb of God meets like beautiful melodic shit. He's like incredible at synths. So between him and Joe, you know, the synth work on this newborn record is just wild. Like he, Nick, and I can't explain it well, and he's probably going to watch and laugh this at this podcast when he hears what I'm going to try to explain, but he's, he does a thing with synths where he drops like three into one, three synths into one. And types in, you know, he'll MIDI out a part and then like the, it'll play between the three of them. Like each note will be a different synth and it just cycles through and it's insane. Like he's so good at synth work. Um, he's incredible. It's a dream to work with him. I started my rock band in motive with him and he really became like my partner in crime um, since then. And so when it came to born of osiris he was just the perfect fit we knew it was going to be him i I mean i knew it you know if there was going to be someone it was going to be him what we had decided was because throughout born of osiris history like we would get another guitar player that could have a name like you know we had tosin in our band at one point but he wasn't writing songs you know and he didn't want to it wasn't like uh any there's no weird issues here when i say this this is just like he was helping us out on stage but what happens in, in our history is people see a guitar player who's around for this album and they're like, Oh, that's the reason that this album sounded this way. And that guitar player who's here for this, that's why this album sounds this way. And it's not the case. It's anything was going to sound like what Cameron and I wanted it to sound like. And, but we did always want to change. We've always been, never wanted to put out the same record twice. Um, you know, so yeah, this is, uh, Nick was the perfect fit. I knew it. So basically what I'm saying is we weren't going to get another guitar player to just come in, look flashy on stage, have a name and a following, and then have people go, that's why this album sounds this way. We were, we were sick of that shit. So we knew it was Nick because he's actually a brilliant songwriter. Um, and he fits perfectly in Born with Cyrus. He's been playing bass, as I said, up until now, but he's going to be switching to guitar for the next touring cycle on the new record. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I think, like I said, I think no matter what albums you like from us in the past, this will be, you know, your favorite one, you know, without question, I hope. I think I can confidently say no matter what you like from us, we're doing it better on this one. So proud of it. Um, as for the second solo album, I'll give you some info on that. It's uh, it's eight tracks. It's going to come in at just over a half hour, slightly longer than the first one. Um, it does feature some of the craziest like shred style guitar playing that I've ever done as far as my solo work is concerned. Um, but it's also my most melody driven record to date. Um, and considering melody is the forefront of what I do as a songwriter, you can imagine it's probably, you know, packed full of them. Um, I think the first record was the same way, you know, there's, it's, it's mostly melody based songwriting. Uh, when it comes to my solo stuff and even in born of osiris you know we like i like a melodic chorus i like pretty guitar parts um i just get to take more of a lead in solo stuff because the the vocals in born are really the vocals are the forefront of most things when you have them so i can shine when i can in born and I, i like to do it when i can and then excuse me um but in this stuff in the in the solo stuff i don't have to worry about uh, crowding up a mix when we have to put vocals on top of it later or something like that. So I can just get really melodic in many different ways. And uh, the goal of this record wasn't to be the fastest or craziest guitar player um, that I could be. I said, I think I said it on this podcast before, there's always some kid coming up on Instagram or YouTube 
who's so fucking fast and so clean, and they're just coming up younger, faster, and it's insane. Um, and so I just don't feel like there's a reason to get in that race. And and to be honest, I've been playing guitar for 20 years now, and speed is something that impresses people, I think, on the surface. And then when you've been playing this instrument for as long as I have, you realize that it only takes you so far and anyone can do it. So I try, and I, I hope this isn't being conceived. Uh, like I'm not talking shit right now. I'm just saying what I believe. This is my opinion only. There's tons of guitar players out there, maybe you listening right now, that do think the sickest guitar playing is the fastest guitar playing. And there's no right or wrong answer here. This is just my opinion. Um, I wanted to rely on my strengths as a guitar player, and that's my work with melody. I believe where I can compete with the rest of the guitar players out there is writing a pretty guitar part, a melodic guitar part, something you'll sing in your head. That's where I believe I can compete and do my best work. So that's the goal of this. I wanted to make the catchiest guitar album I possibly could. I'm very proud of the result. And like I said, I think you'll see that uh, album drop a couple months after New Boo. Which it all happened this year, but, you know, it's tough to tell when these things happen. You know, there's a lot of politics when it comes to the record label and, you know, you sometimes you're like, okay, well, we're going to put it out, but we've got to film a music video first. There's just so many things that come into factors that can just de- come into play that can just delay. Um, usually, hopefully for the better, like I said, you know, if you push it back for a month, hopefully it's because on day one when you drop a song, it's with a video instead of not. So usually if you're going to delay it, you hope that there's a a damn good reason. But all that will come out this year. Um, A side note, going back to that L.A. trip in January that I talked about that goes into play with the solo stuff is uh, I filmed three videos in January, solo stuff, two playthroughs and a music video. One playthrough for Astrolabe already came out. The next one will come out in a week or two, which is around the one-year anniversary of the record infinite mind so that'll be cool and then the next one after that which is actually a full music video so the first two are playthroughs the next one's a full music video and that uh that'll be probably you know late april uh, maybe early may we're, we're basically trying to go every you know month drop a video i've never been the best at content and you know i'm about to do a q a here on this pretty soon and one of the first questions is can we get more video content? And so the answer is yes. Um, each month I'll be dropping some sort of legitimate video um, until, you know, Newborn of Osiris and until this new solo record comes out. So keep your eye open. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming. I've been working hard. And, and this whole mouthful of shit I just told you is all the reason that, you know, I haven't done a podcast in a while. And so I hope it's worth it to you. I don't think there's anyone that knows me based off of this podcast alone. You know, it's a small group of people that are watching this currently, and you guys mean a lot to me for sure. Um, but I, I think the people that do watch this would be stoked to know that I'm doing music shit, uh, you know, and that's why it's been a bit cool. So what I like to do on this is uh, give you something that I'm listening to, whether it's a song, an album, two, three albums. It's different every time I do this. But this one is going to be... Is So I meant to do a podcast in January. The first week is what I wanted to do. Didn't get around to it, as you can see why now. But I was going to do like best of the year when it comes to maybe best guitar video on Instagram, whatever it's going to be. Anyways, this was my 2019 album of the year. Um, It just captivated me from the second I heard it. This record is by a band called Sleep Token, and the album is Sundowning. It's 12 songs. It's 55 minutes. Again, it was my 2019 album of the year. Um, it's basically hard rock metal meets Phantom of the Opera. It's fucking cool. Basically, let's take a step outside of the music for a second. The band wears masks. They don't share their identity. But it's not just another band doing masks. It feels like it's for a purpose. Uh, you know, I know I've met them a couple times at this point, and I'm not going to divulge any identities, but the singer goes by Vessel, which is a cool name, like of being a vessel for the music and for the message. And um, 
it's so cool. It uh, They're doing everything brilliantly. The masks look cool. The rest of the band wears a uniform mask. So he has his own. The rest of the band wears a uniform mask. And they all look really cool. They look thought out. Um, and just so when you see him on stage, it's really entertaining. But the reason we're talking about this is the album. As far as the music go, the singing is top notch. Um, his vibrato vessel, we'll call him his vibrato, his pronunciation, all of it's incredible. I don't know his background, but he sounds very highly trained. His voice is gorgeous. You almost hear pain in his voice on the record. And some of the, the lyrical subtopics are, you know, pain, pain based subjects um for example when i was at their show he was basically sobbing in between lines it was it just he stole your attention unbelievable he would do a line and you would just hear him crying in between lines i'm telling you that i haven't seen anything like it uh it was unbelievable it was mesmerizing i remember when they walked out for the intro of their set i was half like waiting for a train wreck to be honest because Nothing that they did to make me think that, but I feel like it was my mental way of preparing for something. So I wasn't like let down. I'm like, okay, this, they can't do it that good. They can't do it that good. And I think that was my mental preparation for, to, you know, just to be like, yeah, it's okay if it didn't go well. So they walk out, they play track one on the record, which is called the night does not belong to God. And it was perfect. It might, he might've been the singer, especially might've been better live. And that's a huge deal if you know what this album sounds like, particularly the song. Um, so yeah, he's incredible. The record also features really cool, natural-sounding drum tones. I get Deftones uh, vibes from the snare drum, and the drummer is so tasteful. It's one of those records where you'll recognize and be like air drumming the fills by like the second or third listen through. And I love that kind of thing. I remember so many of my favorite albums in my my life. I would just I would know the drum fill when it was coming, and I. I I just think that's important, even as a guitar player. Um, there's only maybe a couple screams on the album, so it's mostly singing. Maybe a scream or two in my memory. I could be wrong, could be more, but it's it's majority singing. So it's not going to be a mosh album by any means. But if you're looking for dark vibes, beauty, dynamics, this is for you. Uh, my standout tracks are track one, the one I just mentioned, which is called The Night Does Not Belong to God. Another track, I believe it's track two, actually. Um, it's called The Offering. So it's going to be like your heavy track. Starts with a cool keyboard and gets heavy right away. I think it's got the scream in it too. So, you know, if you're looking for, if you're a heavy based, you know, l- listener fan, then that might be the one to start with. That's The Offering. Uh, Levitate is another favorite of mine. And that, you know, maybe it's track four or five. Um, um, but, uh, it's different. So that one's like mostly piano and vocals. So it's just absolutely breathtaking, gorgeous. Like it sounds like it could be on the radio and then you look at them and they look crazy with the, with their, it's just so cool. The whole thing, I gotta be honest from the merch to the music, to the delivery, the image, uh, it's perfect. I think they're doing everything perfect. And I think they're going to be the next really, 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 really big band. Um, and the last track I have mentioned here that I really like is called Dark Signs. So check that out. I think, uh, I think you really love it. All right. So, you know, usually about this time on the podcast, I do some tour dates and some metal news, but I think when it comes to news, we've been dealing with enough news and chaos lately with, uh, for obvious reasons with this pandemic we are this virus going around right now so i'm just gonna say we don't need any more news we as a matter of fact we don't even really need to talk too much about that i'll just say something real quick on news and touring on that topic i'll just take a minute to say bands can't tour right now we can't tour right now um we don't make shit off apple music we don't make shit off of spotify no one's buying albums our contracts are set up to sell records but people don't buy them anymore it's an outdated system and, you know, Spotify and Apple Music, they do this thing where, hey, X amount of plays equals a record sale, but it's so off the number. It's just a million fucking plays before you sell a record. It's not even realistic. Basically, what I'm saying is merch is how we survive. Touring is how we survive. So all I'm going to say is this. You've probably heard it on Twitter. You've probably heard it on Instagram. Um, 
just Google your favorite bands plus the word merch. Um, see what they have to offer right now. Things look larger than life when we're on stage and and uh, you think that we have all this money. But being a musician is tough financially. Uh, we're blessed to do what we do. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. But I'm saying the next six months are going to be, you know, financially crippling for all the bands that you may think are well off, that you think have it made. Um, it's going to be a really tough time for them. So if you if you can see a way to support a band, whether it's buying merch, um, you know, following their YouTube channels, their Twitch streams, whatever people do, um, you know, get on there and, and maybe support them. Do whatever you want, but I think it would help if you support them. I, mark my words, like, you will see the end of some of your favorite bands right now. You know, there's bands out there who might be on the fence about the touring lifestyle. And is this for me? Do, can I deal with the inconsistency of of the money that comes in where one month you have a lot and the next month you have nothing? They're already mentally on the fence about this career. Then this comes. I'm telling you, you're going to see the end of some of these bands that you love. So what we need to do right now is come together as a community, support each other, and um, let's just try to help help each other because as soon as we can get past this, you know, health is obviously number one. So I'm not trying to downplay that and just say support us, support us, support us because we're the only victims here. Everyone's a victim. But I'm just saying the sooner, you know, the more help bands get now, my myself, the next band down the road, each one of us, the sooner we can come back and deliver you more music and tours. You know, this could be over in a couple months, but this could be six months. And then all of a sudden, all these bands are ready to get back on tour, but all of a sudden, there's no availability in this town, in this venue. Like, this could be a bigger deal in the touring world than it even seems right now. So that's all I'm going to say. I know you've dealt with so much, um, you know, virus news lately. It's probably annoying. So that's it. I'm not going to say much more than that. But uh, all right, so let's do a, the Q&A. These are all from my Instagram. Again, thanks for stopping by and, uh, you know, dropping me a question. Uh, some of them I will answer. Some of them are ridiculous that I look at. Um, but let's get into some. <clears throat> How do you go about making your Axe FX patches? Slash, what do you use in them? This is from... Tommy Vasta, T-O-M-M-Y-V-A-S-T-A on Instagram. So I was very blessed when I first got XFX, uh, being either on tour or just being friends with Misha from Periphery at the start. Um, my first XFX, he came up to me and he was like, here, here's what I do. And obviously he's like kind of the mastermind of that shit and has been and has been kind of a, at the forefront of the fractal unit for, you know, as long as I can remember. So the first one, he kind of showed me the ropes and uh, I'm forever in debt to him for that because, you know, he was just being a friend and just helping me out. And it was my first time doing any kind of modeling. You know, I was coming off of like, you know, using the 6505 or like an angle Powerball, I think I had at one point in time. So that uh, his help in the beginning was pretty crucial. And then after that, I think as time went on, I got used to it a little more Then they came out with Axe Edit and things like that which make things a lot easier. And I would recommend it. Um, you know, it is another thing you got to plug into your computer, which makes it more of elaborate, but I think it just lays it out a little easier than the little screen on the Axe effects. So I think the rest of your question was like, what do I have in the chain? I do know that it starts with a compressor pretty much always. Uh, I think it's foot like pedal compressor. I, again, I Axe is a bit far away from me right now, but compressor, um, we'll go into a drive. There's tons of cool drives, uh, the FET. There's like the uh, you know there's the there's the tube screamer for example. I think I use that from time to time. So compressor, drive pedal. Then I'll go into an amp or a head sim uh, from the diesel. I think it's DOS metal. I use that for many years. Lately, I've been messing around with the Friedman stuff. It sounds beautiful. Um, what is it called? It's like the fifty one fifty. Sounds great. Uh, might be 5150. I know they dance around the terms with what they call things. And so, you know, I couldn't, couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but those are all great. Um, mini heads are great. You know, I saw the Polyphia guys were using a few heads in their XFX patches that you would never guess. Really random shit, and their tones are great. So, you know, I think if you have a good ear, then you can kind of 
use your own taste and judgment on what what head you want to use um so compressor drive head um you know if you're gonna go effects probably now's the time you know right before right after um depending on what you're going for so i'll do any effects but uh and then cab you know and uh you know cab sims are being a huge thing right now so i was using fuck i'll never remember which cab sim i've been using for on my first ultra because i don't have it anymore but now there's cab sims from all over the place. As a matter of fact, right now I'm using a cab sim that Jeff Dunn created when making the new Boo record. So cab sims are everywhere. Uh, I think the GGD guys, Nolly and Misha, just put out a cab pack. They're everywhere. So I would also mess around with those. Hopefully you can find some free ones. I know money is its not always easy to uh, you know, spend a ton of money on these kinds of things. But there's free ones everywhere. And just the ones in the Axe Effects unit I've used for a long time. Um, so... I hope that answers your question as far as, you know, basic uh, patches and things like that. Okay. Brosif underscore 1999 on Instagram asks, your LMX8 gonna become part of your signature line with Kiesel or just limited run? So that's the LM8X. Just small correction there. It's all good, though. I'm only correcting you so people can type it in correctly on the, uh, on the internet. <clears throat> what is it going to be? So the six and the seven, the LM six X and the LM seven X are out for good. They're, they're going to be out. You can, you're not going to miss the boat on purchasing one of those. But a few days ago, you might know that Jeff Kiesel announced on his live show that, uh, the eight string version, the LM eight X is now out for a limited time. So to answer your question, I don't know how long it's going to be out. Basically, if it if nobody buys it, I imagine we'll shut the shut the door on that pretty quickly. Um, if people do buy it, if it keeps up selling well, uh, there'll there'll be no reason for him to you know shut the door down on that. But you know, when it comes to eight strings, there's only so much demand for it. Less than you might think, to be honest. I you know when we're when we're creating these things, these runs, and putting on a new guitar together, Jeff and I go through the numbers. The Kiesel database, you know, say this is how many eight strings I sold last year, but you don't want it to be multi-scale. So this is how many eight strings that weren't multi-scale that I sold. If you want to do multi-scale, this is how many I sold with this. Now, with your type of bridge, this is how many I sold hardtail. This is how many I sold with your kind of bridge. This is how many I sold blank, 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 headless. This is how many I sold not headless. So we go through all this and I have to keep true to what I want, what the guitar is you know, that this, the model is, you know, I can't just say, give them everything because that it gets away from what it is in the first place. That being said, Kiesel is the company that lets you do anything you want. And every other company I've been with, you have to be like touring, you know, 10 months out of the year or like some, not that much, but some ridiculous amount. Otherwise you get what they sell on the website, black, red, white, boom. But Kiesel give you whatever you want, whatever color you order, anything. They treat everyone like an artist. They treat everyone like family. So for that reason, it's a complicated thing to do a run. And uh, we're doing it for a limited time only. So to answer your question, I don't know how long it's going to be out. But I can tell you this, um, $17.99, we're doing one. You can't change it. So you, so you can order it for $18.99. You can do anything you want for an LM8X. So get crazy as you want. Have fun. Excuse me. But the we're doing one that's a steal. It's $17.99. So for less than $800 or $1,800, you get an American-made 8-string. It's got a roasted neck, roasted fingerboard. It's got my guitars have a full piezo system that you can blend. I did a video on this YouTube channel. You can blend in with your cleans. You can sound like an acoustic. You can blend it in or you get half acoustic, half electric. You can go. It's unbelievable the options you can do. So you get the rusted neck, the rusted fingerboard. You get the piezo system. Um, my my illusionist pickups, thankfully, are taking off right now, kind of. Um, there's been a few demos online of people playing my pickups. A few more artists are starting to play them, and, and they're getting a bit of a bigger following as time goes on. I'm very thankful for it. Now, with the 8-string... Now you're getting an illusionist 8-string pickup. Up until this point in time, I only offered it on a 6 and 7. And so to get an 8-string illusionist was a tall task. I don't know if it had ever been done. Maybe, you know, you get what you pay for at Kiesel. If you if you had begged Jeff, you might have had one. I didn't. I've been playing an 8-string without an 8-string illusionist. So for less than 1800 roasted neck and board, 
eight string illusionist bridge pickup full piezo system um the guitar is a steel american made i'm telling you if you get this same guitar from any other company first of all it's probably not gonna be american made even if it's an american-based company they're probably making it somewhere else let's be real but it's going to be double the price for all these options. So let's take me out of the equation. I understand it's my signature model, so I'm supposed to sell these things, right? Cool. Take me out of it. Let's say you hate my playing. You hate me. This guitar is for what you're getting and the price you're getting it at is an absolute steal. And it doesn't take more than 10 minutes of looking around on the internet for you to see that you're getting something incredible with this. So definitely look into that. Um, you can Google, you know, the, the LMX guitars, whether it's a 6X or the 7X, and you can see them online and everywhere. But to order it, you have to call in uh, it to Kies, uh, Kiesel Guitars. So the number is 858-GUITARS. 858-GUITARS is the number. Um, you can also email them, and that is sales at kieselguitars.com. Or if you're uh, out of the country, out of the U.S., you can uh, email them at international at kieselguitars.com get yourself an incredible deal on a beautiful eight string guitar and uh yeah i think uh, you'll quickly see that you don't want to miss this one short time only next question okay at oh the me for nest Theme for Nest. I don't know. T H E M E for N E S T. I don't know how you break up those, but uh, that's the name. Are you giving lesson on recording or something? So, outside of touring, I do. I run my studio and I do tons of stuff, all different kinds of music, mixing, mastering. I'll do guest solos. I'll do anything you need. Uh, I don't usually do guitar lessons. At the moment, since you, I might be off tour for a very long time, I'm considering doing some guitar lessons online, maybe. But, it may, but the question was based towards recording. Um, or I might do, yes, lessons or a tutorial-style thing on, on YouTube. I want to build the YouTube up and get more content out to you guys. And so one of them might be studio-based stuff. Uh, for example, I think when my solo record actually does come out, since I mixed and mastered it, I might do a thing where I dive in and show you the session, show you what I did, you know, to make it sound the way it does. And so that's something that interests me. So to answer your question, yes, I would say soon I'll have lessons of all kinds coming. Um, but if you are interested in, uh, you know, any studio work with me or um, any lesson style stuff, hit the studio email. And that is Osiris Studios at yahoo.com o-s-i-r-i-s-s-t-u-d-i-o-s at yahoo.com all right let's do another question at under moons u-n-d-e-r-m-o-o-n-e-s asks can we get more noodly guitar footage on instagram yeah that's exactly what i'm kind of talking about i think um for a long time i'm always that guy that it, is worried about writing i'm in the studio nine to five monday through friday but i'm doing solo stuff i'm doing born stuff my rock band and motive i do stuff for tv shows and and movies and stuff and so for me anytime i go and i'm like all right i'm gonna record myself playing guitar on a video and then i have to edit it and then i have to do all this shit i'm not very good at all this stuff you might have seen the first few podcasts i'm very new at video and all this stuff i'm learning but i'm trying um Basically, what I'm saying is when I do this kind of thing, I end up thinking like, shit, I, this could have been a new song I wrote today instead of this video. For a long time, I thought that was the way to be. I thought that I should be focusing on the music because that's what lasts forever. You know, I got a question for you guys. Feel free to answer this in the comments below on YouTube. For the people that are on Instagram, they're only doing that video content every day. They're developing a following. Cool. But what happens... If Instagram goes down tomorrow and it's gone for good, you lost your whole your whole game. Maybe you have some YouTube, but maybe not quite as big as your Instagram. Or maybe your YouTube's big, as, but your Instagram's not as big. What if they all go down? One thing you can't take away, one thing that lasts a lifetime. And I just had a buddy, you know, Diego from Volumes, rest in peace, pass away recently. And what I thought was like, what lasts forever? And that's, you know, the music. And so... 
for me, I think, uh, um, you know, I focus on music 100% all the time. But I think what I need to do is kind of start to get towards the middle again and figure out a way to do video and music somewhat down the middle so where I'm not all, all my eggs aren't in the video basket but my, all my eggs aren't in the uh, you know the music basket either and I think now's a good time because I have um, Born with Cyrus is done the new soul record is done if there's any time to do it now is the time so yeah I'm gonna do more now you know I might not be in tour for a while unfortunately and so I think this might be a good time um, to uh, to do some of that stuff I'll do one more question um, and again, guys, write me on Instagram. I'll, some of these questions I'm not answering, I'll, I'll get to next time. They're great questions. I just, you know, this probably running pretty long here, but um, at Jesus Grind 14, J E S U S G R I N D 1 4 asks, Have you considered playing in double drop tuning? So, no. Um, or, uh, I have considered one thing recently, though. That's why I'm picking this question. It's an open tuning. So, David Maximicic posted something online the other day and I, and I think by the way his guitar playing is incredible I think uh his his, his writing is incredible is one of those guys that I think I love the songwriting and he's not going a million miles an hour all the time so his record who bit the moon I think is just fucking gorgeous and he messaged me and he's like hey I'm in this open tuning and I don't remember it off offhand but you know it's in my Instagram messages somewhere but I've I've considered that so one thing I might consider is like an open tuning the thing is, when you do these weird tunings, you have to commit, you know, if the song takes off with your project to to bring another guitar on tour. And then most of the time that means two because you need a backup. So I'm going to do it. But, uh, you know, it's a scary thing to commit to because I already bring so many guitars on tour. I have six string, seven string, now eight string. You need a backup for each one because if a string breaks, you have to be able to just grab the next one. And even with a guitar tech, you know, that's something that it's a, it has to happen quick. So do I want to add two more guitars for this open tuning? I'm not sure yet. I think it'll just depend on what I write when I get the uh, the guitars and, and, I, and I write with it. So thank you guys for the questions. And, you know, I'm going to try to do the podcast more often and I'll get to more questions. And so keep writing me. I appreciate you guys. Going to uh, going to wrap it up with some sponsors. Um few of them one clocks and colors handcrafted men's jewelry the website is www.clocksandcolors.com that's c-l-o-c-k-s-a-n-d-c-o-l-o-u-r-s.com colors with the o-u-r-s at the end um this is them this thing on my ring finger this on my pinky this bracelet they just sent me um, all beautiful stuff, high quality stuff, heavy duty shit. Um, great quality. Um, if you're into jewelry, like I am, I know it's not for everyone. You have to check this company out. Beautiful shit. So I'm doing a giveaway right now. And this is just, you know, for you guys, um, that are on this podcast. Like I said, it's a small community that listens to this. Uh, it's the fifth one. It's not a big thing that we're doing here, but for the people that are here with me now, I want to thank you guys. I want to do a little giveaway. So here's what you got to do. We're going to give you a $250 gift card to Clocks and Colors website. <clears throat> you can get a ring. You can get a ring and a bracelet with that. Some uh, Maybe you can get, depending on what you get, there's things that cost $500 on there. You know, There's just a lot you can get for $250. Put it towards something more expensive or get maybe two things that are a little bit cheaper on the website. But here's the deal. We're going to give you a $250 gift card to the website to do this, to win this a little contest giveaway. You have to follow me on Instagram. That's at Leo Cyrus, L-E-E-O-S-I-R-I-S. So to follow me, second, you have to follow Clocks and Colors on Instagram. And that's at C-L-O-C-K-S-A-N-D-C-O-L-O-U-R-S, at Clocks and Colors. And lastly, you have to subscribe to this YouTube channel that I'm releasing this podcast on. I think it's slash Lee McKinney. Sorry, I don't have it on hand, but I think it's YouTube.com slash Lee McKinney. L-E-E-M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. So if you follow me, follow Clocks and Colors, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all you have to do at that point is just send me proof on Instagram. It's three things you got to do and then send it to me. If that's too much, I get it. But the people that do do it, we're going to give you a $250 gift card, one winner. Um, 
I'll beg them to make it two possibly, but I can't guarantee that right now. We're going to start with just one right now. Follow me. Follow Clocks and Colors. Subscribe to the YouTube. Show me in my Instagram DMs, and you could win a $250 gift card to their website. Get some cool shit on there. Second is Head Rush Clothing. This is men and women clothing. They got biker style kind of shit. It's well made. They have patches on their shirts instead of just like printed stuff that falls off over time. Really high quality stuff. Um, and they fits really well. Uh, and the website is www.headrushbrand.com. That's H-E-A-D-R-U-S-H-B-R-A-N-D.com. Check it out. It's fighter shit, biker shit. Since I do both, it kind of fell in my lap with uh, kind of just being the perfect brand to uh, you know represent me in the podcast and show you guys. One last one. Thank you for still sticking with me here if you're still here on these uh, on these sponsors, but I'm going to do something else for you right now if you're still sticking around. That is with a company called Manscaped. Here we go, guys. Get yourself a precise trim downtown. Proper manscaping requires precision engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but both hygiene and ergonomics demand it. Right now, they have the, uh, a razor called the Lawn Mower 3.0. And that is out now. I imagine it's the third one, and I imagine they got better each time. I do know. I have one. They sent me one. This is a top-quality shaver. It features a light, so you can see where you're going, maybe in a harder-to-reach place where there's less light. Who would have thought? Such a goddamn good idea. So, you're not going in blind. This thing's running at 7,000 RPMs. Is that serious shit or what? It's almost scary. But the point is, it does not hit you. You can't get caught by this will not scratch you, will not cut you. It cannot catch your skin. That's the whole purpose of this. Want to shave your balls? This is the one. You have no problem here. And lastly, I want to say this. It's waterproof. You want to shave in the bath? Good. No problem. You want to shave in the pool? Weird. But that's not a problem. You want to go scuba diving butt naked and shave at the bottom of the deep blue? No problem, guys. Cool. Make sure this weekend when you're trying to get your girl or your guy to head downtown, you know what I'm saying? You're not making them jump into the goddamn, goddamn Jumanji down there. You know what I'm saying? All right, enough is enough of this. Here we go. I want to help you guys. Right now, you get 20% off and free shipping with the discount code OSIRIS20 at www.manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. The code one more time is osiris 2 Zero. 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. Cool, guys. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> Podcast number five. I'm really pumped that you guys are uh, you know, still with me. As you can see, I'm trying to help you out a little bit at the end here, give you some cool shit, giveaway, discount stuff. I really do appreciate you guys. Like I said, small group of us here. I hope it grows. If not, I don't really care. It's just a cool way to connect with you guys, and I'm having fun doing it. I usually close with some tour dates, but damn, this coronavirus sounds fucking us. I got no tour dates for you guys. Sorry. Um, anyways, let's take care of each other. Wash your hands. Be clean. Respect each other. Um, it's a crazy fucking time in the world. I know we get this every few years, but at this point, schools are out. At this point, you know, concerts, tours aren't happening. It's a first for me. And I know this shit is, we get a scare every couple of years, but this one seems to be a bit more real. Just be cool. Be kind. Keep each other in mind. And, uh, See you guys in the next podcast. Thank you.